Hello, this is Alchemy Answers 63. I hope you like my intro. You sound oh. very enthused. <laughs> How was that? That was great. I'm anyway. sure that there was, everybody who's listening to this in podcast form will not immediately turn it off. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah, it's good. Getting back to it, copyright claims. We have a strike because we used a picture of Axe in the thumbnail. Oh, I shouldn't say picture. We used a picture of the model of Axe, the in-game model of Axe. That's what got me is just that it was it was a thumbnail and it was a it was a there's so And the much, whole video was claimed. The whole, the whole video, video was, was removed claimed. from our channel. I don't even know if it's fraudulent. I just think it's a gray area. Like I don't know if we did anything wrong or if that guy did anything. Honestly, from the sounds of things, I'm just going to say it. That guy sounds like an asshole. I, I, yeah. I, I'm sure he's going to go claim a bunch of our videos now because I said that, but he sounds like a right dick because, you know, if, if somebody, if somebody used a piece of, of, okay, to give you an example, I was watching, uh, Wagamama's, uh, th what, 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 what is it? The, the camp that he does mm -hmm. and, and speed is a coach there. So I clicked through speed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Cause so I clicked through speed. And I watched the – so Speed was in it or something. So I was like, oh, I want to watch this, see my boy Speed. So I'm watching it and then I noticed that on one of their slides, they're like teaching – they're teaching people like, oh, here's the basics of laning or something. They used yeah. one of our entire thumbnails in the slides yeah. as like a title page for their <laughs> slide that they're selling this camp for like $2,000. Yeah, and, where's my royalty, Waga? <laughs> right. And it's like I'm, I'm not going to go – I'm not going to go like claim that like, well, like, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a camp, but I'm, we're not going to take a legal action on that. It's like, there's no malice there. No, there's no malice. They're just Googling some images to put in slides to like help people at their Dota camp to get better. It's that, that's the thing is it's so obvious that there's no malice to it. And that's, right. that's how I see the thumbnail situation with us. We used what we thought was a picture of just Axe's in-game model. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's really, it's a really weird gray area because Valve literally says on their site, like you can use anything from, from Valve copyrighted games. You can't copyright any, you can't copyright anything that you're, you, if you're using Valve games, then there's like gray areas where I remember Pugna, they were saying like the, or was it Game Leap? They were saying that like the, Smoke weed every day. Hey, thanks for the sub buddy. Uh, the audio, the audio is is copyrighted you know what i mean that was like right i need to move that so it's not right in the middle of my face <laughs> just put it in between us that's like a good spot okay, for let's... steve to dance yeah no i need to move this up okay uh but yeah it's but, uh, there's so yeah, yeah. like that that's how um that, that's that's actually kind of an interesting point that's how game leap and pugna and all these like training sites get around um, copyright of a publisher potentially being like, no, we don't want you using any of the in-game footage at some point. If a, if a publisher were to suddenly say that, they just copyright the audio of the video that's instructional. Um, so like the video footage could be claimed, but they would still own all of the audio. And then like, that's their whole, they're monetizing the audio. Like that's what they sell. Man, in, in my opinion, that that's just some bullshit to sell it to investors. Like, I I'm I, sure. I yeah. really think that if Valve if Valve didn't want Game Leap to do their thing or if Valve didn't want uh Gosu AI or this like Dota Plus Overwolf 
They wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Look at Dota 2 Lounge. Does anybody use Dota 2 Lounge anymore? That was the biggest thing in Dota to bet on that. But right. Valve Valve put, put the put their fist down, you know? The the iron the iron fist of Valve is is hard and, and long. There there was also um Nintendo. I mean Nintendo literally was like super against esports and people making content out of their their games for a long time and have only started to recently open up right. about it i think but I, I it's th- like really really screwed them over in terms of like esports market share i feel I th- like i think it's a false sense of security to think like oh i you know i've all my videos are are fine and copyrighted because of the audio and it's, it's like it's all right. based on valve's game if they, they they're not going to do anything about it but it, they're not going to do anything about it because it benefits them and because Valve is pretty cool. Like, I think Riot yeah. is probably, like, a little less cool than Valve. I don't know, these days, it's hard to say, really. But uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's like, I think most gaming companies wouldn't take down something like Game Leap or some YouTube channel that's, even if it's, like, a little sketchy, anything that, like, promotes the game and makes people want to play it's the game. It's free advertising for them, exactly. to be yeah, honest. Exactly, exactly. Like, can you imagine if there were no purge videos? How would people learn to play Dota? You know, like that's that's literally the number one thing that people post on Reddit when they're like, "What should I show my new friend who wants to move from League to Dota or like learn Dota for the first time?" It's always just like purge videos, or like occasionally we get mentioned these days. But like, if there was no purge, how would anybody have learned this game? Don't know. Purge is a legend, man. He's actually he's actually like uh yeah he's a, he's, he's such a legend. People gave him shit too for a long time about being like the uh, the Dota guy newbie guy. You know, it's like he wasn't he wasn't cool. I guess people like pros pros would kind of like give him shit. And same with Merlini. Uh, it's like oh Merlini's not actually good. He's not a real pro. But then it gets to a certain point where they've contributed so much to the community and we've experienced like downswings and so forth that people are like, oh, please, we need purges. We need Merlinis. Like when Merlini left, right. it's like, oh, this guy's a legend. But it's like, okay, well, where's all the people that were flaming and for being like a shitty pro all, all, all these years? It's just right. when you're when it seems like your game is 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 having like a downswing and you're losing these like legendary characters. It's like, okay, well, I actually don't want them to leave anymore. <laughs> I liked having right. them around, you know? yeah you, you don't know what you have until it's gone i suppose that's that's just a, a life yeah a life i mean all these people who are like haha dota is a dying game i'm gonna go play other stuff two years from now if dota is actually dead they're gonna be like oh my god there's no fun games to play i wish that valve hadn't killed dota they're gonna be so sad but right now they're just like memeing it up and flaming valve and flaming the game i gotta say like, man i've tried i've tried other games and i i have not found something to that I would even remotely switch to. Yep. I, I I have enjoyed I have enjoyed like I you know I enjoyed Sekiro I enjoyed Dark Souls three that came out quite a quite a few games Smash Bros Ultimate but I wouldn't I wouldn't like switch in in you know main any of these any of these uh, sh- do a shout out to Spain we are all sp- what <laughs> stop man the Spain shit is so distracting. Viva la alchemy. <laughs> All right, Donnie, let's get into the questions. All right, let's get to the questions. So question number one for this week. Hold up. Let me go back a little bit. 
here we go. Uh, let's see. This one is from Tarnal. And he says, guys, my first month, so I may be asking questions in the wrong place. You are not, sir. You are in the correct place. Uh, do you have a schedule for a replay analysis? Alchemy answer is kind of hard for me to watch. I live in Romania, even though I really want to do it time zone and stuff. So very basic question. Yes, we do both of these shows every single week. Alchemy answers is on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific or 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm not totally sure how that converts to Romania because I don't know what your time zone is. But if you go to like World Time Buddy on Google, it'll tell you. Um, and then replay analysis is on Thursdays at the exact same time every Thursday. So that is the answer for you, Tarnell. Question number two from Average Peen. Congratulations <laughs> on your average size peen. Honestly, hey guys, man, let me tell you something. Actually, I'm not going to go there. Sometimes it's okay to have an average size peen, though. That's all I'm going to say. Nothing wrong with average peen. Nothing wrong with an average peen. Not Dota related, but I know you were talking about other games. Hey, segue. This is a great segue that we might play in the future. Have you ever played Age of Empires 2? If you have, how are you feeling about Age of Empires 4 coming out next year? I've played Age of Empires 2, have you, Jenkins? No, I hear it's good, though. I see a lot of people playing it. Yeah, I played it just kind of like very casually. Is a it bit. an RTS? Played, it's an RTS, but it's kind of like a cool historical RTS where um, you like tech through various... I, I believe that this is Age of Empires 2. It's been so long since I played it. I used to play it like friends' houses and stuff. I don't think I ever... I might have owned it like very late in its age as a game and then moved on to Warcraft 3 pretty soon afterwards. Um, but basically you like tech through civilization. You start out in like the Stone Age and you can like tech up to, I think in Age of Empires 2, you can get up to like maybe feudal Japan or maybe a little bit farther than that. I can't quite remember. And uh, But yeah, it's an RTS. You got to farm resources and then amass an army scout, like kill the other person's base and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, am I am I excited about Age of Empires 4? Honestly, I didn't know it was coming out. I'm so like focused in not I like never know when a new game's coming out that's hype. And I just see people streaming on Twitch. I'm like, oh damn, I wish that I had known this was coming out soon and I would have maybe started making content and gotten in early, so I would have been a big streamer. Yeah, that worked really well for Artif Artifact, didn't it? People getting in early. It did. Good stuff there. Good stuff. <laughs> no, but I mean I would definitely check it out. I I'm I think I'm kind of past playing RTSs at this point. I just like I just don't really enjoy the frenetic pace of having to manage like 600 things at once. I feel like my life is an RTS already in terms of how much I have to multitask all the time and like how scattered I feel and RTS is just like give me anxiety all the time. But I don't know. I might check it out. I, I do kind of miss it a little bit just because microwing is kind of fun. Oh, God. I don't know about that. Uh, it's it's weird how uh, certain genres will... And I'm not saying this has happened with RTSs by any means. Uh, may, you know, Maybe you believe it has, maybe you believe it hasn't. But cert, certain genres just kind of fall off and then they'll they'll come back into style uh, just, just based on like people's preferences, just based on like the mass preference of, of gamers. Like mm -hmm. Minecraft fell off for for a while. Like for a while there, there's like Minecraft, Terraria, 
uh, I think what was the other one? Space Space Bound Star? What the hell was it called? Space uh, Minecraft. Well, which one was it? Oh God, Starbound. Starbound. Oh yeah, Starbound. Starbound. People are playing that. Uh, and then that, and then like all of that fell off. And but but then like a few years later, I, I suppose there were some updates for these games, and they kind of blew up again. On, yeah, dude, uh, Minecraft is like the biggest game in the world right now. Is it? In terms of popularity, I'm pretty sure. I'm. I have no idea. I've been playing Minecraft. I haven't. I actually have it on my. <laughs> right before this, I was playing on my Switch. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I feel like RTS is there. There's something where I think a lot of people are feeling that too, where you kind of prefer something that's, I guess, simpler in the respect of like micro and doing the kind of tedious bullshit. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, something like Dota, I, I think, is is a good example of a game that I came from World of Warcraft. So when I came in and, and started playing Dota, it was actually really easy to learn. And I know that sounds crazy, but in World of Warcraft, you have like literally a hundred different spells on your screen and macros and you know like all of these like rotations and talents like it was a huge pain in the ass to manage everything in world of warcraft and coming into dota it's like man i only have four spells are you kidding me that's six item slots you've like (laughs) you've like 20 in world in world of warcraft like trinkets you can use items that have cooldowns like everything you know so it yeah it's it's it it felt like simpler but obviously the complexity of dota like the the I should say like the nuanced complexity because World of Warcraft, like it looks complex when you look at somebody's interface, but it's not really as complex as Dota. Dota, when you when you dig down into it, is it's insane the amount of stuff that you can do when you're combining right. combining the simple mechanics. Yeah, depth, I suppose. It's breadth breadth versus depth. Uh, not that right. WoW doesn't have any depth at all. It's just it's just there's a lot of breadth to it. Um yeah, you know what actually I've been playing recently a bit? is heroes of might and magic and this is a game that i grew up this is like one of the very first pc games i I see we got an email from them donnie did they are they paying you to say this no 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 no. that is um that is by ubisoft too but they're making an auto chess game uh i might even be not allowed to say that because there's like an embargo so i might have my key revoked i don't care (laughs) because to be honest but because we got these emails from them i was like holy shit i used to play heroes of might and magic one two and three so much as a kid like when i was like six seven eight nine and so i was searching for to see if anybody had made youtube videos about these games and basically what it is it's like a turn it's a turn-based strategy like uh almost kind of like final fantasy-esque like precursor game where like you you walk around with like a hero and then you fight like neutral AI units and then other players and you have like a castle where you build up a um, like stronger and stronger units and you have to collect resources from these mines and like just move around this map and you have a certain amount of movement that you can do each day Um, but anyway I found that there was like barely any YouTube content for it there's a lot for Heroes 3 because apparently there's like pro leagues for this even Hmm. still it's like very very intense way higher level than i ever thought you could play this game at and uh i watched a day nine stream of heroes 2 and he mentioned that you can still buy the games and it's basically just like a you can buy like this essentially like a dos box emulator that like creates like a dos partition that then opens that old eh? it's not it wasn't a dos game but it 
they use this thing called DOSBox to run it now. And it's like huh. uh, Heroes 1 is not even full resolution. So it's like a square on my screen when I play it. Uh, and Heroes 2 and 3 are, are, are full screen. But they're like, you know, it's basically like sprites that move across a static background map. Like that's how old it is. But Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I've probably played about like 10 hours of this game in the last week. And it is still so fucking fun and like still quite deep in terms of like how how like strategically intense you can take it but it, are, it's you, are like, you sure you just don't want to get your key taken away you're just complimenting them now in case they're watching and you're like don't don't take my key no man this is literally like the first game that i became completely obsessed with i used to go over to my friend's house because i didn't have a pc when i was growing up i w- used to go over to my buddy's house and we would play it me him his dad and his sister would all play f- uh his like, dad would play. Oh yeah, my God. his dad. His, his dad was like the cool dad that like bought the video games, let us watch R-rated movies, like had the kids over for sleepovers so we could do land parties and stuff like that when we got older. Yeah. Um, but the four of us would play, and it was like one v one v one v one in an FFA or like two on two, and we'd play these like Heroes of Might and Magic games, and it was just so fun. Like that was like my first like competitive multiplayer game experience on a PC. I think. And it's like so much nostalgia, dude. It's crazy. They emailed us. They knew. They're like, oh, this Apparently. Donnie, this Donnie character, this Donnie, aka Elevated, looks like the the type of guy to play to play here. I'm sure they literally just emailed every single YouTube channel that has over 50k subs. That's cool, man. I'm fine with. It. I'm good. With it. I'm cool with getting beta keys. Hell yeah, dude. That's, that's good shit right there. Keep them coming. Yeah. Speaking of other games that people can play, Half Life is now free. All the Half-Life games are free. Yeah, Valve released it today. All the Half-Life games are free until Alex comes out on VR. Damn. So I'm probably going to have to play through those because I never actually played them. I've like watched a little bit, but never played them. Neither neither did I. Wow. That's, yeah, that's insane. Those are like some legendary games right there. I was, um, I mean. That's like what created Valve, basically. I I talked talked about this in uh, in the last stream, I think of uh possibly applying to valve to do like software engineering and uh, i actually was worried that they'd ask like oh so you know what valve games have you played have you played half-life <laughs> and i would just say like uh dota csgo <laughs> just like their new games that are kind of you know based on right where's based, like based on other defeat. games where's ricochet man Come right on. right it's like I, I i haven't even played half-life i mean i've watched speed runs like i've i know that i know like the story i've watched i've watched tons of speed runs i watched every time they they run it in like agdq it's just uh right i wasn't uh i don't think i was old enough at the time i was like the younger brother so i would i would watch my my brother my older brother play games and uh i mean i'm sure i, I think i probably watched him play half-life Who's the G man? Yeah, I, you see, I, I, that's the thing is, I know the answer to some of the questions they might ask, but <laughs> I, I would be lying if I said that I played Half Life. So I, I think I actually, I think I'll legitimately download that. I'll probably play it. Um, okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. We have F- Fazy, pronounced fuzzy. <laughs> Fucking guy. Yeah, Number one, say you get stuck does not matter whether it's at 3K, 5K, or 7.4K. 
you feel like over the course of many games, there is no real progress. How do you figure what is your primary issue? Because you are going to have plenty and even the cream of the crop players can look at their replays and find a bunch of mistakes. But how do you figure which one is worth 250 MMR and which one is worth 100 or 1,500 MMR? That is such a good question. That's a really insane question. That's such a good that, – that's one of the best questions we've ever, ever been asked. Because, I agree. Because Boys, if you're watching this – this is a full video for you to publish later on. <laughs> okay, so if we're gonna, if all right, let's think about this because this this is a good question. I want to give you a really good answer. The very first thing, while Donnie's thinking about it, that I want to say is that one of the biggest debates in Dota, one of the biggest hooks that pulls you into thinking about all of the wrong stuff, is the fact that people seem to think that. All mistakes are equal and they focus on the ones that are unimportant when there are much more glaring issues. And that, in my opinion, is the singular biggest reason why people stagnate at like 3.5K or 4K or whatever. These like average MMR players that have played for like 10 years, like you're, we're all, you know, we've all played this game for so long. I'm sure there's some of you out there thinking, oh, that might be me. That That is like the biggest, and for some people, they don't care. And that's that's fine. Some people just play Dota for fun. But some people like legitimately can't figure out like what the hell it is that they need to do to get past that plateau. And it's because they watch replays and they've trained their brain to look at these same mistakes over and over again. It, it, it's the fact that we've played the game for so long that makes it impossible for us to see the important mistakes because we've actually trained ourselves to look at the unimportant ones over over yep. so many years because of what content creators tell us, because of that one thing that that one person said that really stuck with us and then we kept repeating it like a mantra in our head. Because I'm sure that's happened to you where like – I mean especially when you're a kid, like somebody says something to you, right? And it really sticks with you and then you get into some situation, you think about it. You use what they told you, then it 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 works out for you, and then because of that, it solidifies that as like a principle in your head almost. So basically, what I'm saying is that we've played Dota for so long that we have these like certain principles, and we we can't see past them. They're like a brick wall, you know. And you have to you actually have to punch out some of the bricks, and uh, that's why that's why coaching is good. That's why watching other people and getting ideas from other people is good. That's why uh, having other people look over your replays with you is good or looking at other people's replays. Um, okay, so I guess uh, th that doesn't get to the question. I'm just saying this is why it's a good question because in my opinion, this is the one of the biggest things that traps people at certain MMRs. So Yeah, I've got some good stuff if if I can jump in. Yeah, go for like, it, go for it. Um, I, I Kind of off that point, like you said, not all mistakes are equal and that's why it's still I mean, as somebody who understands that concept and there's, you know, there's a lot of people that understand that not all mistakes are equal, but there's also a lot of people that don't understand that. And it baffles me when I see people getting upset at players who like miss a CS or miss a spell in a fight, because like literally the only way to fix that is just to not miss the CS or not miss the spell. Like there's, it's so simple, cut and dry. It's literally just a mistake that they can not fuck up the next time but um you still see people getting incredibly upset when people do these things 
And yeah, there might be some like external factors that are causing them to miss the spells or whatever. But for the most part, it's just a mechanical error and the person knows they made a mistake immediately. So they're probably not going to do it again. Those are those are the trivial ones that you can ignore like that. That that is, in my opinion, the baseline for for trivial. The, The mistakes where immediately the person knew that they did it wrong and and that there's there's no point in even talking about it because you you already know you just right you just need to not do that yep um and i wanted to say that i think one of the biggest things that people do and we've gotten this question a lot about like how should i watch replays to learn and i think something that both you and i have never actually said is watch the replay from your player perspective don't watch it from free camera because oh God, if yeah. you if you're watching it from free camera and trying to pick out the mistakes, you're you, there's like it's not really watching the game. I gotta say, I gotta I gotta jump in here and say that this yeah. is also oh. this is also a big debate where a lot of people they watch pro replays and they watch with all vision on, or they watch mm-hmm. their own replays, like Donnie was saying, where they watch with all vision on, and it is super not the same thing to know literally where the entire enemy team is and be like, oh, Arteezy shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be farming there. The enemy team's there. You need to be able to identify the signs with lack of information. Like, okay, everybody's missing for 30 seconds. I feel like I'm going to get ganked right now. And then you leave. So that's that's what you should be doing when you're watching your replays is – you you watch, you think, okay, it's been 15 seconds, people are missing. I was waiting 20 seconds in the game or whatever it was. Like, okay, in the future, I need to make my clock a little bit quicker. I need to assume that if people are missing for this amount of time, I need to to make that smaller because I died in this game as a result. And then you try that and then maybe that'll start working. Maybe it needs to be even quicker. Maybe that'll make you better and then you need to adjust. But the most important thing is that you're watching from your perspective and making adjustments based on what your instincts were in the game and how and how they were wrong basically it's like okay i thought that i could get the cs without dying they came a lot quicker in the future i'm going to try to try to push waves out quickly and you just keep making those adjustments and eventually you get to a point where it just works and that's dota mm-hmm. it, it eventually becomes instinct for you and you don't even need to think about it and and that that's what you want to build when you're looking at your, your replays anyway sorry no, that's a really good point. And I think one of the most important things is not to be overcritical of these sort of like even the even the deaths necessarily. Like if you die 15 times in a game, obviously that's not good, but the death is not the problem. It's what led up to that. And that's why watching from your perspective is so important. And for me, as somebody who just lost 900 MMR over the last month, I was not playing any worse mechanically. I was probably playing as well or better mechanically just because I am very warmed up to the game. But what I finally figured out that I wasn't doing is I had just developed a bad habit of being fucking lazy. And this happens after a long time of playing the game and the same game over and over. Maybe you get a little apathetic. Maybe you have a bad teammate. Maybe you're playing tired and you just do a couple things poorly. And then if you don't fix them, they become habitual. And that's what happened to me is I basically stopped checking the map enough. Like literally 900 MMR was lost over a month because I stopped checking what my teammates items were. Another similar thing to that is when people are lazy, they don't like click on enemies enough either. Yep, and they don't exactly. see what, pe- what items. And it's, some, it's something so simple like that that helps you identify to make a decision. 
And, yep. and uh, that's, those, that's those decisions exactly, are what are, are what are important. It's it's having that's information exactly so you can what make decisions. To me, is yeah. I I kind of just stopped clicking on people, um, enemies some, but my teammates more more than anything else because in a pub there's zero communication most of the time. Correct. And so you need to get the communication by just clicking on them. Be like, oh, this person doesn't have an ultimate. Obviously, we shouldn't take a fight now. Or this carry, who I thought was completely shit, actually bought the correct item, and now we can actually fight. Or this guy's really and close the... to BKB. We shouldn't take a fight. Things like that. Yep. And so what had happened to me is that I had like a couple bad games, as it always starts on a losing streak. I had a couple bad games. I just assumed that my teammates were trash. And every game, I just assumed that my teammates were going to be bad. And so I just defaulted every time that we started off with a bad game to split pushing and playing solo Dota. And I wouldn't click on my teammates item progression to see if they were building the correct stuff. Cause I would just assume this game is fucking unwinnable. If we take a fight before 30 minutes, when in reality, sometimes they were actually making good decisions. Sometimes the fight were good. And sometimes I should have showed up to the fight because it was a good timing for us to take a fight. And I would just continue split pushing. And eventually we would lose the game because we would just not take the fights that we needed to, to come back into the game. And this just happened to me consistently over the course of like 150 games. And uh, I just now realized it. And surprise, surprise, I'm like eight and one in my last nine games because I'm just like clicking on people and gathering information in a non-lazy way all of a sudden. I actually, I've actually had a similar experience recently. Laziness, realized that I'm actually shit and actually lazy. Uh, started being less lazy, only playing when I actually have the energy to be less lazy. And yep. uh, I think I think over the past few days, since the matchmaking patch, I have like a n literal ninety percent win rate. I, I went from sixty nine hundred to seventy two hundred, which yep. you know that's that's a pretty that's a pretty tough climb. That that's a hard bracket. Like, yeah, you you really you really have to be on point. Uh, one final note, just going back to the main question, is that I know that from most of the professional players that I've spoken to and people that I know that have played on like tier one teams, people like Gunner, Nusham, things like that. I've never, like, I don't, I don't speak too much to like too many tier one players about this sort of thing. They're also very secretive about this sort of information, but the tier two players, oh fuck man, they spill the beans. So basically most of, most of these guys say that the tier one players will typically look at the one mistake that led to everything else happening in the game and then just try to fix that and ignore past that point. I've, I've tried to do that in coaching too. Whenever, whenever I coach people, which by the way, I'm doing coaching, uh, coachman.com slash Jenkins, uh, Donnie is too. What's yours? Elevated, elevated alchemy. Uh, I don't he'll know. get it for you <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, usually it's like, okay, at this point, uh, the, the way that we were supposed to play this lane was like this, you know, we had a, a lane that's supposed to pressure the whole draft is based around the fact that this lane is supposed to pressure and if you fucked up and you didn't apply pressure well then it doesn't matter what happens after that point because the intent this strategy was to have that lane apply pressure and if you're just wrong about that if you, if the lane actually can't apply pressure then it's a bad draft and your strategy was just was just incorrect uh so that that's that's basically what, what i would say is that the the, the earlier the better those are usually going to be the more impactful decisions uh, or, or bad decisions are the, are the ones that you made early. And then if you, and then just look at the very first point where things go south. And then after that, you're just playing recovery mode, right? That's just instinct recovery mode Dota. But the way, the way that you want to play Dota is not just all based on instinct. You want to have a, um, you want to, you want to have a strategy going into the game. And the moment that strategy falls apart, yes, of course, there's, 
there's cool shit that you can do and people are instinctual and but that doesn't matter anywhere near as much as the strategy because if you just follow through with a good strategy it'll it'll work so the earlier the better and also uh only look at the very first mistake i i always have to tell people this in coaching and it's always a, a tad bit awkward when they want to look at the 50 minutes into the game and it's like man <laughs> if you are planning to go 50 minutes into the game and play dota that's why you're 3.5k mmr and i don't mean right. that in a rude way i literally mean there are so many points in the game that you can win before that point in so few games get to 50 plus minutes that if you're focusing on winning those games you're focusing on winning like two percent of games so of course you're not gaining mmr where you can win the most games is by destroying a laning stage and then snowballing or after that making good rotations out of the laning stage and then snowballing off of that or by playing really well in team fights which team fights happen all the time in dota and sometimes you can even sacrifice a lane in order to have heroes in order to have heroes that are good at team fighting there's a lot of ways that you can win dota but you just want to have a strategy a, a way that you think that you're going to win the game and then the moment that breaks down think about why that broke down and then focus on that that's it yeah even a hero like naga or specter or anti-mage is supposed to win the game around the 30 or 35 minute there's mark a time if you were playing the game perfectly yeah like so you know, there's this think, whole misconception that's like, oh, I'm 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 just playing a super slow game because I picked Naga. It doesn't matter. Like the first 25 minutes or 30 minutes of the game doesn't matter. That is so incorrect. Like you should always be trying to end the game now, do, if, I, if possible, yeah, by getting an advantage. I do want to say, I do want to say the word. I know you said it. You said the word perfectly, just because like you you're you're kind of hyperbolizing. You mean like. I, like there's a there's a there's a, a point that you can win the game really early even on these like super late game heroes that's what you meant but I think a lot of people do actually think that that, that a strategy where you need to play perfectly is equivalent to a strategy that's easy to execute and I think that's super incorrect once again I'm not saying that you said that I know that you weren't but uh, that just reminded me that people have this misconception as well where they're like, oh, this this was so easy. We should we just needed to, to do this, and then they list off something that's like incredibly hard to do. And it's like, man, if you're trying if you're trying to win games off of the back of some incredibly hard strat, and everybody else is just doing easy to execute shit, why are you making your life so hard? You know, yeah. it's like basically what I'm saying is with a good strategy with with good gameplay, there should be many different opportunities for you to win the game. If not, then you have drafting issues, and then that's going to yes. be your that's going to be your main problem. Because God, yes. I, I I I didn't get into an argument with this guy, but he he said this, and I immediately muted him. Um, so we we picked some complete like dog trash heroes. We had like Bounty Hunter Five, we had like Ricky Four or something, and, and then and then the guy the, the the Bounty Hunter was just like, man, I just need to get my Aghanim Scepter. And then, and then like an Octarine core, and then I'm going to be able to kill all of these guys at like 60 minutes into the game. And it's like, man, if you're picking a Bounty Hunter 5 and trying to win the game at 60 minutes into the game, I don't just even know, stop. I don't even know what to say to you. You're just making life so hard. It's like right. trying to, it's trying to, it's like trying to eat cereal with chopsticks and be like, <laughs> fuck, oh, my life is so difficult. Like, why yeah, milk, you're making it difficult liquid. Why, why won't, why can't I pick up milk with my chopsticks? Dude, like, here's what it's like. It's like, it's like <laughs> trying to eat cereal with chopsticks. And then instead of just being like, wow, I need to use a spoon. Be like, oh, I need to reinvent the chopsticks so that they're straws as well as chopsticks. It's like, yeah, that would technically work. But what the fuck? 
Right. Yes! It would work! I don't know what to yeah. say after that point. The great thing about Dota is that there's so many tools available to you in the game. Just pick the correct tool and you probably will be able to win the game. God. God. Yeah. When, when, when people say things that are like technically true but so irrelevant, it it's like, well, I see why you believe that because it's technically true and you're just you're just assigning like truth value is all that matters to you. Like you're not leveling, you're not you're not considering what has more levels of importance. Anyway. Yeah, the last the last pub that I played actually, I picked Wyvern 5. We had a tiny carry and our offlaner was just like AFK during the draft and so he didn't pick um until the last and dude, why are my teammates so bad? They picked a Timbersaw during the draft, dude. That's why. They picked a Timbersaw into our tiny carry. And I was like, Tiny, you got to go bottom. We got to aggro try. We can't lane into Timbersaw. There's just no way to play this lane. And I was like, All right. So our offlane needs to go safe lane. And he didn't object. And then he picks Quap, offlane Quap, and goes to our safe lane and dies within the first minute and 30 seconds of the game to Timbersaw Nature's Prophet. And then he TPs to the bottom lane. So now we have Tiny Carry and Offlane Quap in the bottom lane with two supports. He doesn't say anything. He just TPs there. And I was just like, the fuck is going on? So luckily, I had two people on my team. I would lose my mind. I'm not going to lie. I would lose my (laughs) mind if that happened. And apparently, I actually had him pre-muted. And he was just like complaining about how hard the lane was. Yes, that's your job, dude. You just have to soak up this bad lane and not feed. Uh so what ended up happening is luckily two of the people on my team were like positive. They were positive enough to be like, all right, uh, I guess Wyvern, you go play three. Like you, you're core now. I was like, uh, okay. So I ended up playing offlane Wyvern as queued as a five roll while our Quap and Tiny lane together bottom. <laughs> and I just like sat up top and did Quap's job. We ended up winning the game in like 50 minutes. But Man. again... I, I hate when people lose their lane and then they TP to like a winning lane and then they lose that yeah. as well. It's like, yep. excuse me, sir. You realize that the <laughs> the sun, the the sun and the fucking solar system and galaxy doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> oh, I thought the entire multiverse revolved around me, actually. Bastards, man. It's like, you, you just just go to your lane and feed and then let the winning lanes carry you. Yeah. Just because you fucked up doesn't mean you have to fuck everybody else up. Right, like, it's okay to not have the best game of your life every game in Dota. No, 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 they, dude, <laughs> Queen of Pain. This guy needs to be the star of the show. Are you kidding me? Come on, he's the 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 Tom Cruise doing like sick <laughs> sick jumps off of like airplanes, saving the fucking sexy girl, and he's the star, man. In some sense, it might have actually been for the best because I don't think that he was going to get a vessel early, and neither was our disruptor. Cause he was like quite low rated. And so I just rushed a vessel and we ended up killing the Timbersaw like five times in the early game. And then that was that. <laughs> Timbersaws always seem to feed, don't they? You get the vessel and then all of a sudden it's feed central. Yeah. They own you for like 10 minutes and then they're like, wait, why am I playing this hero? This hero is not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. How many questions? All right. Left? We've got quite a few, so we'll be a little faster. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phasey, pronounced fuzzy as a second question. Neutral items get removed. Boom. What aspects of gameplay brought that they brought or changed would you miss? Supports having items. Yeah. 
that uh, that'll definitely be missed. I like that on supports you can like save money for one big item now because you just get all the garbage. I think that's cool. I would I would yeah. miss that. But to be honest, neutral items haven't changed much other than the fact that net worth doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, I think the only thing that I really would miss is that um, they allow you to sometimes skip items that you would normally have to buy. Like if you get an arcane ring and you need a mono regen item to make your hero function or farm, then you can often just like not get that item and just go straight to being a little bit greedier. Yeah, so I guess it cool. makes games like a little diverse in terms of like what you're building. Yeah. I love getting uh, right. one of the cooldown reduction items on Puck and then you have perma silence with the level 20 talent. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll go Octarine Core because I want the perma silence. I want to force people to be KB. There but you go. You don't need it. It's nice. All right. Next question. Um, is Dota Alchemy in decline? Videos are fewer now. Jenkins is working on videos for his own YouTube site and Game Flip. Patreon page isn't updated since mid December. What's going on over there? Good question. Want to answer this one, <laughs> I mean, if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. Uh, sure. Well, at least from my side, I'll let you chime in with no. your own opinion. But both of us have just kind of gotten very burnt out with producing a video a day for almost two years now. And what goes into that process of having to grind games, not play Dota as anything fun, basically playing Dota as a job to try and glean information to create videos from. Um, and sometimes being creative is actually kind of hard. And you just are like, all these video ideas are trash. I don't want to put out a trash piece of content, but I have to put out a piece of content. So then you do something suboptimal and it doesn't do very well. And you're like, okay, this isn't very fun. Um, also, we don't make very much money. And that's always just a constant source of stress in our lives. And we, we do this because we like what we do. But after a while of constantly being stressed about money, living paycheck to paycheck, it gets kind of annoying. Um, so we got a little bur burnt out. Uh, we kind of like just gradually decided to take a little bit of time off, especially over the holidays. And then we had an interesting business opportunity that we are kind of pursuing and are no longer pursuing, at least for now. Um, and so going forward, we are going to probably be posting more regularly. We're going to be actually trying to do a bit more of a schedule so people can get used to what's coming out next on each day. And we'll probably not be doing seven days a week of content. We'll be well, moving not to like, like five seven. or six. Yeah, not like seven unique, just totally brand new idea video right. ideas per week. Because that's that's that yes. we're, we're going to be more structured. We're basically trying to be more professional with it. Um, we're trying but... to, yeah, we're trying to reduce our personal stress and enjoyment and, and increase our enjoyment of the process of running this channel by removing a bit of the work because we were just working way too hard and we're, we're trying to work a little bit smarter in terms of how we're approaching stuff and just focusing on what is our best content, what we can produce the best and most consistently and trying to like create a system to where we can keep Dota Alchemy running and keep the standard high, but also have a little bit more time for like life. Because, um, I mean, I don't know if people realize, but both you and I have probably been doing 14, 14 hours a day on Dota Alchemy. 
ish, you know, including grinding I mean, pubs. If you, if like you include pubs, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a lot of fucking work. Like it's it's not like we're getting paid, you know, a hundred k a year <laughs> to work really hard. We're getting paid like just enough to pay our bills. And I, I gotta say, my my uh, my burnout is more something that. I, I, I don't currently feel burnt out. I have I have in the past. It's not really yeah. it's not really videos. It's just grinding. It's anything. Like I would get the same thing from sure tournaments from and and I, and I currently don't feel burnt out. But my current motivation and like what we're doing with Dota Alchemy is basically we need to structure things. And yeah. the reason that I'm posting on my own channel is that the unstructured stuff where i just have a, a random video idea and i and i just want to do something and i don't know if it's going to do well i don't i'm going to put that on my channel where it can kind of if if i put it on dota alchemy it's like i feel like it has to be up to a certain standard almost yep you know it has to be a certain i would like for dota alchemy to essentially be something where i'm i'm posting we had we've had this idea. We've jumped on and off of this idea in the past, but we would love to do like video series where it's like every week it's these it's the same series. Yeah, exactly. It has to fit a brand. And right. uh, for my channel, it's like I want to be able to have a channel that I cannot post on for a week just because I don't have any video ideas, and that's fine. Whereas with Dota Alchemy, I want that to be something that we can that we can do every week. You know what I mean, and 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 that's right. that's something that has to have structure. So that's why we've been kind of, uh, I, I guess, like slacking with the videos lately, is because we're we're working out some things with like sponsors and things like that to get to get these series going, basically. And uh, I, ha I have a video. I had a video for Monday, but I, I had to get it reviewed by by, by a yeah. sponsor so we're kind of working on getting the the business stuff down i suppose behind the scenes but we should have i i legitimately think i legitimately think this isn't just like some pr thing uh or hr whatever you want to say i legitimately think that having more structured content will result in way better content you know what i mean like having series that we can build on and improve upon like heroes of the week for example that's something yeah. that I have so many notes on for like how I do it and how I write it. And I don't know if it makes it any better or worse, but it definitely feels easier for me to make it, even though at first it was something that took me a really long time. And if it's easier for me, that means I can spend more time doing production, getting better clips, things like that. So like the quality yep. will essentially will increase. But yeah, that's that's basically it. Reasons. Yeah. I, I mean – that's really what it comes down to is we're, you know, your favorite series. I mean, everybody's probably favorite series stuff like tier lists, stuff like heroes of the week, stuff like meta report. That's just going to become like all of the content essentially that we're putting out in addition to like the podcast and the, the replay review stuff as well. And we'll, you know, we will probably do a little bit of deviation here and there. Um, sure but for will. the most part, it's yeah. For the most part, it's, it's just going to be like, these are the series that we are known for and that everybody likes and that are consistently good and that we can consistently put out um, to keep you guys updated. And then everything else, it's like we can also develop our own little personal brand as well. Cause like at the end of the day, you know, we might not be doing Dota Alchemy 20 years from now, uh, but we might want to have our own personal brand as well. That's within gaming sphere. And that would be 
probably that, a good idea that's to like, start developing at some point right. in our lives. That's also definitely a worry for me is that like, let's say Dota does go down the, the doo-doo hole, then that sounded a lot more vulgar than I intended it. But let's say Dota goes down the drain. Uh, I would I would like to have Dota Alchemy seems to be something that's very restricted to Dota, <laughs> you know. Right. If, if I want to like post some some videos on maybe I don't know the next the next game maybe something maybe the next MOBA I don't know it's like a few years from now that, that that's kind of the thought I don't know how that would work I've never I've never pivoted like that or transitioned I've never you know I've always been in Dota at least at least in the sense of being like a content creator. I've never really done that for anything else. I did do it for World of Warcraft, though. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it would work. But anyway, that's why we would need our own personal brands. That's that's yep. the answer. Convoluted, long answer. <sighs> Saved up. All right. Moving <laughs> on. Keeps calling me handsome and things like that. It's good stuff. <laughs> Moving on. Tarnell. Question is, what should I do as a hard support Shadow Shaman while safely and carry as an underlord? As as a, a what? A hard support shaman? Yeah. Get creative, man. Just Kill them in lane. Pull. Just control pull the wave. Lot? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the hero can tank under tower just so easily. Just pull, yeah. give him total solo XP. And then at a certain point, you can just walk up with plus 100 damage because of his aura and punch people. You can yep. kill people with him. You just need some levels. You just need some levels. Totally. That's it. And if you're concerned about him not caring enough, then just like take a bunch of farm. <laughs> sure. Get yeah. get Ag's refresher and win the game by yourself. Uh, Shiver thoughts on Ogre mid. I've seen it at my low tier a few times. Now got dumpstered by it once and crushed him most in the most recent time. What do you think about Ogre mid? No, I mean I would be I'd be very concerned. I think it's I think it's a meme. I think that uh, you're you're gonna get owned by any real mid hero like yeah. Consider an ogre versus an OD. That sounds awful. What happens if OD has the same net worth as a super farmed mid ogre? Which one of those heroes would you rather have on your team? I would say the OD could probably 1v5. Like, yeah. if you have a 20,000 net worth ogre, 20,000 net worth OD, probably the OD is pretty scary. The ogre, he's got an ags, he's tanky. Cool. No. I, I think ogre does a lot less. Uh, not that, only that, that you but like, to do. if you just even think about the laning stage, like, okay, cool, you're tanky. To some Great. heroes. Like, Ogre versus Quap, Ogre versus Do you OD. push the tower if they leave? No. Do you rotate? No. Do you farm the jungle? No. Like, you don't do anything. <laughs> you literally are yeah. fat. Yeah. Basically, he there. doesn't do enough of the stuff that mid laners do. You yeah. don't you don't ultra fast farm the jungle like a Magnus, like Donnie said, you don't push the tower, you can't take their jungle, you can't really pressure them, you just stun them every time it's off cooldown. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it sounds like a meme. It sounds like people are probably just dying to fire blast. And if you just don't like it's like a Skyrath mid. If you just don't give a Skyrath mid kills, you just laugh at them twenty minutes later when you have items and, and they don't because they don't do anything right. other than kill people. Yeah. Yep. I concur. Uh, Positive Vibes asks, question for Donnie. Ha, Jenkins. Take that. Positive Vibes, more like negative vibes, bastard. (laughs) You had a pretty big jump in MMR recently. Uh, I guess this is referring to several months ago because it was a negative jump in MMR recently. Maybe he's just insulting you. Uh, 
what did you change to your in your approach? No, he just wanted to tell a joke. What did you change in your approach to learning Dota to help you elevate your rank? Like what I did there? Lol. All laughing aside, it's a serious question. Smiley face. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So obviously, I I talked about what I've been doing wrong and why I lost all this MMR. But yeah, maybe uh like right before the holidays or something like that i went from divine one to divine five very quickly or something i can't remember anyway um and then i calibrated divine five like 40 percent, almost immortal and uh essentially all i did is i just started following my own advice if i'm going to give you the straightforward answer is i've been making a lot of videos with good advice and i haven't been following it myself i've been tilting i have been picking way too many heroes i've been playing all sorts of different roles i have been lazy in my play and so for the period of time that i was gaining ranks very quickly i was essentially just playing one role over and over and over with a subset of maybe five to 10 heroes that I consider good enough to be in my hero pool and pickable. And I would play between three and five games a day, maximum pretty much every day and only play when I really wanted to play, which is most of the time. Uh, And as soon as I didn't want to play the game, I would stop and I would take breaks in between each game and go do like pushups or walk around or get a drink of water and evaluate how I felt. Because usually after I finish a game, I would immediately feel like playing a game of dota again because i'd still be like high from the last win but getting up and sometimes walking around and i'd be like i'm actually kind of tired of thinking about dota right now like two minutes later and then i'd come back and close the game and do something else so that's literally all i did i can tell you the literal number one way of getting better at dota right now uh play dota when you're happy yep that's it play dota when your mind is in a positive state Apparently, I was doing some research a few days ago. Apparently, there's some good information out there, some good research that shows if if you are in a negative or neutral mindset, you will perform to like 66% of your potential. 66%. Imagine the difference between 66% of a Dota player and a 100% Dota player. If we take 66% of my MMR, it's 4K. It's a, like 4.5K. And the difference between a 4.5K player and a 7.2K player is is staggering. I mean, that's that's like the difference yeah. between a, a Herald and like a Legend or an Ancient, right? It's Probably it's, even more than that. <laughs> it's, it's ludicrous. So... Just think about all the matches of Dota you've lost because you played when you were tired, you were hungry, you were upset, you didn't really want to play. You were playing at 10 p.m. instead of, you know, right when you got home from work where where your mind was still fresh and ready to go. Just don't play Dota when you're shit. That's it. I'm just, Literally, that's it. Bec- there's, there's a lot of good reasons for it uh, beyond just performing better. Like the the... Playing Dota when you're happy, the, the happiness hormone was that that's dopamine, right? Yeah, I'll link the chat, the TED talk. That this yeah, is it's from. a it's a it's a it's a it's really good shit. This is this is Harvard psychology stuff here. You know, not it's not bullshit. Dopamine will put your brain into a learning mode, and if you play Dota when you're happy, you will actually learn more 
when you're playing Dota. And and within a game, that matters. And then from game to game, that obviously matters. Like you'll get better quicker, but within the game, there are things you need to like the most important part of that is there are things that you need to learn within the game and then change the okay this guy killed me i need to i need to like kill him in the next fight as opposed to it taking you two or three deaths to realize that it's it is it is it is ludicrous the amount of shit there is out there and it's cascading too it is it is cascading uber smooch says i'm not condoning this at all but i took a psychedelic over the holidays with some friends and i came back home full of ideas for dota and was playing less anxious and nervous and my playing just felt better in general because i was less depressed there's a reason that psilocybin is very close to being legalized in several states because clinical studies are showing that it reduces depression like almost across the board. So not surprised if that's the one that you took, but generally psychedelics, if you have a good experience, have that. How do you play Dota if you're never happy? That's a good question. Watch that TED Talk. There are ways you can train your brain Yeah. to be to be happy. Yeah. You're a, a micro doser. Yeah, I hear that's, I hear that's good. Go to the gym. Yeah, go to the gym. Drink lots of water. Okay, I know this has been go- this podcast has been going on forever, but I do want to say there are so-, so many questions left still. <laughs> there are some severely underrated shit that you can do every day that because they're so underrated but so high value, like pe- people don't people don't do them. Like for instance, getting some sun that that's important. Vitamin D that helps your bones. Uh, going for walks. That's solid. That's that's the number one predictor of what? But sorry, my dog. Oh, your is dog has, he's got a muddy ass. Are you butt. sure? Are you sure that's mud? I'm positive it's mud. Sure I could be shit, finger? but well, I've got shitty fingers, so nothing changed. Uh, <laughs> but go, going going for walks is the number one predictor of these places that they call blue zones, which is where like a lot of people live over a hundred. I think I think it's like the average person lives over 100 and 90% of the people in these blue zones go for go for walks. They're very active walkers. But be- I don't I don't know why it's like this since I sound like the fucking joker, but in society we don't we don't value these things like simple things like drinking water, going for going like literally just going for walks. It's it's yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Like things small things like that legitimately help, but people don't do them not because they're not important, but because people don't talk about it. I'm not going to lie. I actually, I, a couple of podcasts ago, I went through like my routine of what it takes to like have a good day of Dota because there was some question about that. And I, I really think that my number one and two things are like going for a walk early in the morning and like meditating, which, which is kind of the same thing sometimes. Yes. Like you can, you can walk. And it's really important not to be like listening to a podcast or something like that while you're walking. Just like go for a walk outside and just like experience yourself for like 15 minutes every day. And I come back and I'm just like, holy shit! I was thinking about so much random garbage that it's I think no a lot of people, bothering me. A lot of people don't give them give themselves time and credit to just order all of the shit inside their head. Like people don't yeah. actually have time thinking to themselves. There are weeks where I'll go, I'll just go for my computer, I'll play my Switch, I'll go back to my computer, I'll go to bed, I'll wake up, I'll go to the computer. I'm like always doing something, and then I realize yeah. I have these. I mean, this is gonna sound really sad, but there was um. There was a a while back there where uh, my my aunt unfortunately passed away because of some because of cancer and um, I was performing really shit in Dota and my videos were tanking you know not getting yep. any views and uh, what made me have the turnaround was 
literally giving myself time to like process it. You know what I yep. mean? I just like the first moment I had where I wasn't distracted by shit, I just like felt it all at once, you know? And I was like pissed and I was upset and I thought about it and I, I thought about it and I thought about why it bothered me. I thought about what I was missing, what I'd never get see again, you know, like all of that sort of shit. And, uh, I had a, a complete turnaround within like a few, within a few days because I could, I, I actually let myself like feel shit. I feel like there's so much time we spend just looking at shit, looking at screens, looking at our phone, Googling stuff, sitting on Reddit. And sometimes you actually just need to have nothing. You need to be doing nothing because your, your brain needs to not be taking in new information. It needs to be processing the information that's already in there. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I kind of love manual labor low key. Like just if you're like chopping wood or like gardening or like even just like vacuuming or cleaning your house or something like that, like that kind of stuff is just so good for you because it's, you're not doing anything else yeah. with your brain other yeah. than just kind of like watching your body do stuff. My uh my I've re I've recently said this to my dad actually. Like I I said uh I said to him like, "Man, I actually like doing dishes sometimes yeah for the longest time i was like ah i don't give a fuck about dishes i'll just do them all at once i'm gonna ignore all of my parents uh you know complaints and suggestions to like oh, just get up and do them and, and don't let it pile up and then i i it, it so it's turned around to the point where it's like i actually like doing it because it's it's so simple it's just yeah. something so simple that my brain can focus on that's not like Oh, am I gonna go to? Am I gonna go to TI as a caster, as a player? Oh man, am I gonna create like the best content? What if Dota dies? Oh man, we're getting these like business opportunities that we're figuring out. There's lots of potential money on the line, that money that we've that I've never in my life seen before. Like that's like so much shit. And then you're just like, oh, there's a little piece of grease there. I'll get that off. You know, it's just it's so simple. And <laughs> right. I t and I told that to my dad and he was he was actually like, "Man, I'm really glad you said that to me because I feel like you're finally growing up understanding." I never got that before. I never got that that doing like manual labor, doing something as simple and as boring as dishes could actually be kind of cathartic because life is so fucking complicated and that shit's so easy. And yet it still has a pretty good impact on making your life better. So it feels good. It's a little bit of a dopamine rush for yeah. doing something so simple, you know? Yeah, totally. I've been playing, man. I've been, I've been, this is a huge mistake. I've been playing Cuphead right before I go to bed. I've been getting off of Dota and the way I relax, I play Cuphead on expert mode. And I try to beat the bosses perfectly <laughs> without You're getting You're just like it. hyping your brain back up. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so yeah. bad. And I stopped doing that. Now I'm playing Minecraft and there's like the soft, like really uh, kind of quiet, like orchestral music or whatever in the background. And, it's it's so peaceful and it's so easy and it's like man what have I been doing to my brain, you know? Dude, some of my best content that I've ever made was written in a hammock during the summer where I just go outside with like a notepad and a pen and no real expectations and I would just sit in a hammock and like take a nap and then I'd like wake up or just like be listening to like the wind and then all of a sudden I'd be like whoa, I should make a video about this because that's a really interesting concept. And I'd write the entire script just like by hand on a notepad while I'm just like sitting outside on a hammock. Yeah. It's like if you get out of your own way, a lot of the time, like your actual creativity and skill and all the things you've accumulated in your life will be able to actually like express themselves. Yeah. You're not like yeah. judging everything constantly. The, the TLDR is your brain is a brain. 
And oh, uh, God, <laughs> don't uh, don't expect yourself to be able to do shit that's inhuman. You're human. Don't feel bad about it. Just just try to try to work with it. Yep. All right. Sorry for going so long in this podcast, guys, but we've been talking about some good stuff. So next question is from JFKWT. Sorry, the last one. Oh, that was from Positive Vibes. Uh, JFKWTS, suggestion for one to two hard supports to learn. I'm 3K based on Dota buff. Vengeful Spirit has still has the highest win rate across all brackets, followed by what I think is Dazzle, Bad and Warlock, Zeus, Treant, and Descending Order. I'm thinking of focusing on one or two to get better after CM and Shaman seem to have gotten shafted by win rate. I'm looking to maximize my time on VS and ABBA. I don't think I have time to learn, say, Snapfire. I would probably not pick ABBA personally, and I would probably not pick Venge either, um, despite what the win rates might tell you. Damn, dude. Dota 2 Pro Tracker is down. Can you load it? Uh, let me see. Right now, I would pick two supports to learn that are going to be good in many patches to come just because of their skill set are Disruptor Wyvern. and Winter Wyvern. Those two. Um, I think you could also substitute Wyvern out for CM. Despite you th- you don't think CM is good win rate wise, I think that CM is one of the best supports to learn just because she's always she decent. is always viable for her team because of how the mana regenerates. Disruptors works. like that too. Yep. Yeah, these are these are these are good heroes. Lich. Lich is a great hero to learn as well. Yeah, the hero's kind of boring to play. Tree is broken. Yeah, Lich is easy though. It's an easy one. Yeah, I can't load Dota 2 Pro Tracker either. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah, I would say those two. And you could also maybe learn Jakiro. I think Jakiro has a place uh, as well and is pretty relevant in a lot of games. Definitely. Uh, okay, Dat Brorito says, So my question is about Puck. I've recently had a pretty good time using the hero mid and feel like the nerfs made they made have hardly affected my play style. Good. Uh, what makes Puck so good? I feel like no matter what, I basically never lose lanes and always end up having impact, but don't really understand why. What makes Puck so good? Mm-hmm. Well, Puck is bullshit. <laughs> we'll just say that. 200 cast range talent level 10. Really ridiculous. It means that you don't need a blink on a hero that's always needed a blink. Coil is one of the best disables in the game, if not the best disable in the game. It might actually be the best. Uh, it is just absolutely insane. Even when they get BKB, you just get an eggs. They get a satanic. doesn't matter. Uh, coil still lasts six seconds. The stun will last not very long. You can get a, a I mean, it still lasts really long because the eggs is bullshit. You can get a refresher and you can double coil people. Uh, the, the hero, the, well, I, I would say like the main reason Puck is bullshit is because the new little silence thingy where you can jump as well as the cast range talent means that you don't need to blink, and you're impossible to catch. Um, on top of that, the phase shift attack talent is really good. Puck has the best level, one of the best level 30s in the game. Uh, you can basically, like, P- Puck can get, like, 12 slotted because you have all of these items, and you get to level 30, and then you get the 420 gold talent, level 20, 25, and then you get six new items, like Rapier, Satanics, things like that. And then Puck is a right-clicker. Puck will eventually become the hard carry and has enough gold to do that while also functioning as a playmaker throughout the entire game. That's such bullshit. That's not and okay. And being harder to kill than Slark. Yeah, it's 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 not okay. And and doing it more damage than Slark too. Like Puck does an insane yeah. amount of damage. 
they need to nerf coil. The cooldown is too short for what it does. You coil anybody, they die. I don't, I, I, when I gank a lane on Puck, doesn't matter how farmed they are, they die. Uh, even if I'm just a shitty off, level six offlane Puck. Uh, the silence, it's, it's way too good. You get the silence talent, you perma silence at level 20. Puck, yeah, Puck just does way too much. Puck is like a giga hero. Puck does way too much. The talents give you like extra spells worth of of power and other talents are like, ooh, 20 attack speed. Wow! How interesting. And then Puck is like, yeah, your phase shift now AoE attacks. Okay, so if right. I get a Mjolnir, that means it does the Mjolnir on everything. If I get a Deso, it does Deso on everything. If I get a Grove Bow, it does the 12% magic resistance reduction on everything, which means I don't have to go for the other talent, by the way, because it's only 15%. Uh, magic amplification like there's right. it's such bullshit it's such complete bullshit that's why Puck yeah is good. yeah and also just the fact that you're arguably the most mobile hero in the entire game you clear waves instantaneously for the entire game once you have several levels in your skills yeah that's true and uh while being impossible to kill too yeah you're impossible to kill and you're also an amazing team fighter so basically you just do every job that you put could potentially need a hero to do in the game of dota and you do them all well yep if not the best it's a ridiculous hero yep uh hockillionaire says why is that hero why is that a hero will be labeled dog tier or mediocre at best during a certain patch then a minor or major comes along and some teams start winning with him and all of a sudden the same hero is labeled god tier it happens from patch to patch sometimes too when a hero doesn't necessarily get any buffs and all of a sudden his skills get described as god when previously spoken as of not that great that's um, that actually is, sorry go ahead that's actually why i try to avoid talking about the hero skills whenever mm. i'm describing things as like dog or s tier uh just just because i i i feel what you're saying where like whether it's bad or good basically dota 2 content creators can just read the skills and then it's content you know it's like yeah this hero is bad listen to what these skills do but you're kind of just saying that the skills are bad because the hero is bad not the other way around so i i try to be better with that but it is it is a little hard and uh i would say that uh to give you an example and i think i saw somebody ask this question earlier i labeled enchantress as dog shit tier and it's getting picked up a decent amount in the in uh the tournament the current tournament that's going on the major and uh i agree it's actually decent it's i don't think it's that good but it's it's decent and the reason for that is because if you were to literally read the skill, as I said, read the skill and, and, and describe that the hero is shit because the skill is shit, you would be correct. Because if you read Enchant, it doesn't say numerous things that it does. Like, did you know Enchant gives creeps like plus 70 damage? Did you know that Enchant give, gives creeps plus 1500 HP? I didn't. It doesn't say nope. it in the skill. It literally, I had no idea. it literally only says that in the change logs. So pro players have started using the creeps to push out lanes, and Enchantress has always had issues shoving out lanes. So now you can use a creep to do it that has mega damage, mega HP, and lasts 120 seconds. So that's why Enchantress is pretty decent. Uh, but also, everything it's else, one of the only heroes that can still get the purple satyr at level one. Yeah, yeah. Everything else that I said about Enchantress that in the video where I said she's dog shit is still true. Her her laning is still you just need salves. Uh, she's way easier to kill in the laning stage. It's just that when you take a hero that does all of these things decently and then give them something they couldn't do before, they become they become possibly really good. Like Shadowfiend, for example, basically the same hero they they kept they kept buffing all the same things about him, strength gain, agi gain, like five times they increased it. 
it's still bad. And then finally, when they give him a disable, he's all of a sudden good because he lacked disables. So that's 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 basically basically we'll, you'll see people do things in these tournaments using the new skills that you couldn't do before with these heroes. And that's that's what makes it good. Uh, however, I still think that Enchantress as an offlaner is like B tier at best. I don't th I don't think it's that good. Even with the, I think it's too punishable in the laning stage, in my opinion. I'd much rather have some puck or some underlord that's like insanely tanky or something like that. Um, but with that being said, I mean that's an, that's the Enchantress example. You asked why these things change, and it's just because you see pro players do certain things that you didn't think were were possible, and it's like okay, with that possibility, this seems actually pretty broken. Yeah, basically, I actually answered this and then deleted it because I wanted to answer it on the podcast. But there's also a whole lot of overreaction that happens. We've seen this time and again where a hero will get nerfed. People stop picking it for like two and a half weeks. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, wait, this hero is actually still really good. Happened with OD. Everybody's like, oh, the new OD ultimate is terrible. And then somebody came up with the Ags build and now the hero is still the best mid in the game, potentially. Um like this happens all the time. People see their favorite hero nerfed. They get depressed. They look for like ten other heroes to play. They realize that none of those heroes is good because their inherent skill set is still the same and not good. And then they go back to the hero that previously was really good because its inherent skill set was really good, and they figure out how to play that hero slightly differently, and it's amazing. Same thing with Life Stealer. Life Stealer's always been good. They keep nerfing the hero, but now instead of building Radiance every single game. You just go for Maelstrom first item, and it's still the same hero, does the same thing, basically, but he's just a little bit faster. Like It keeps happening over and over. There's so much overreaction, and before you write off a hero that gets nerfed, just read it, try out a couple of things, like don't panic <laughs> anytime there's a nerf, and don't overreact anytime there's a buff to a hero. And just realize that like the core of most of these heroes does not change from patch to patch, even if their numbers are shifted fairly significantly. Um, also, sometimes you don't even realize what the combos are. Sometimes you don't realize what the build is. And once those things come to light, people are like, oh, holy shit, these two heroes are being picked a lot. So these two heroes counter them like permanently. We just picked those two heroes. Now they're god tier heroes because these two heroes are in every game and we have the two heroes that counter them. That's basically what it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pogasaurus says, Shout out to Hockillionaire being featured in Speed's Guess the Rank video. Hopefully you didn't embarrass us, Hockillionaire. <laughs> That'd be really, really unacceptable. Not in front of Speed uh, Daddy, come on. <laughs> let's chat about knowing when to buy which utility support items. Just some examples to prompt discussion. It's a very long question. But when are Greaves better than Spirit Vessel or Solar Crest versus Lotus Orb or Glimmer Cape versus Forest Staff or Rod of Atos versus Yules or Shivas versus AC? These items seem so dependent on the draft, but it would be better. But it would be great to have some kind of methodology for approaching how to decide in a situation like Glimmer versus Forest. You usually want both, but sometimes you have to pick one. Um, uh, well, there's a few. There's a few things like I like Glimmer if you have no Invis on your team already. And they have yep. no invis reveal, like force them to buy dusts. Uh, force staff is really good if their entire team fight is like centered around one area. Like, for instance, you know, invoker a duel he, or invoker, yeah, yeah. So he casts all spells somewhere, like underlord. He puts the pit down. Like, there's a lot of heroes that just they put their stuff down in one place, and if you just move away from it, you're good. Um, single target stuff. Force staff is really good against that. Like, if if the enemy team like has to beastmaster roar somebody or grab somebody with like a lion hex. To kill them and you just force them out 
and then counter initiate that's really good uh what are, what other utility items are they even on support it's like it's like glimmer and force are like the main two i think right? those are the main two but some of the other examples were like solar lotus orb spirit vessel so for those oh, sure. three let's let's take those spirit vessel is basically like i mean it's usually a good good item every game just because there's almost always some tanky hero that can benefit from getting hurt being able to heal your teams on pushes is always nice. Of course, if there's a hero that has insane regen, it's like a mandatory spirit vessel game. Vessel's good if you need more damage. Like, if, yeah. you, if you don't need more damage and you're building a vessel, even... Like, if you have a Terror Blade and the enemy team has, like, a Pudge and you're getting a vessel for the Pudge, well, you have a Terror yeah. Blade, man. He's going to tear through the Pudge anyway, you know? Like, that's when it would right. be a waste. And you'd rather just protect the guy who's already doing damage. You know, same yeah. with, like, Solar Crest. The same Solar Crest is, is slightly different because it's, it's a little the, bit more utility. Like, yeah, it's got if you have one hero that you want to buff up, if you need a damage amp item, but there's also a lot of physical damage on the other team, then it's a really good item because or it gives if you, you really armor. need to take Roche, like Roche is a great right. objective in the game. Yeah, there's... yeah, and I Lotus Orb is like one of those where it's you know, you could go Lotus or Yules for the dispel on yourself, which is like one of the primary reasons you get it. But then Lotus obviously is much better if you're against like a PA, whereas Yules is much better if you are a hero that wants to be mobile, that needs lots of mana, or you're against something like an Axe that gets completely oh, owned yeah. by Yules. Oh yeah, Yules is necessary against Axe for sure. I would say yeah. like mostly if you're if you're a, if you're like a position five support, you should be building like almost purely to just save your team. I think if you're a pause five yep. support and you're a pause. Your pause four and your your other heroes are doing something wrong if you need to be the one that's getting a vessel or a medallion or something like that. You know, generally speaking, you'd really if you look at the major, most position fives are like rushing four staff or they're rushing gloomer, like or which, ags if you're a disruptor or ags if you're, or <laughs> ags if you're a disruptor. Yeah, that's because that just that's so effective on the hero in general. It's just ridiculous. Yep. Um, but yeah, but, it's... I mean, even in even in that example, really, just think about what is the most impactful or annoying thing for the hero to have if you were playing against it, and that's probably the item that you should buy. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Winks asks, as a position one life stealer, if your other core is having a good game and your team is able to fight four v five in the early game, then is it okay to rush ags to support the other core, or should I still go carry damage items first? On which hero? Position one life stealer. I don't think you should ever rush eggs on position one life stealer. Yeah, that seems like you're trying to play off lane or support life stealer as yeah, a one. I don't think you should ever do that. I think the build is always Maelstrom. The thing with carries these days is that carries, like the choices that you make, there aren't really choices in itemization too much. The game yeah. is dictated by your items everybody's yeah. building around you. So you just build what the good itemization is on the carry, and then other people should be building to support you, basically. Or yeah, the or one the caveat I would have for this question is if your mid is a hard carry like Medusa, and your offlaner picked a hard carry in the offlane because they didn't actually want to play offlane, they wanted to play carry like they're playing Void and going Midas or something like that, then maybe, okay, you can just be the position one life stealer, but you just play it as if you're the off laner and you've swapped lanes. That's like the only reason I would sure, even consider sure. that. But then you will probably want to go like Vlad's and and yeah, armlet maybe things like that. Just smaller items, utility, a bit kind of like utility items. Maybe like a crest, maybe heaven's halberd as like an early item, something along those lines. Yep. 
And our final question from the patrons this week is from Prime Operator. Welcome back to Dota, sir. He says, how to transition the early game to the mid game as the as a bat rider? I'm always dying a lot and getting my travels way too delayed. Uh, okay. I, I can kind of answer that because I've I've had this same issue. Basically, there's a period after the laning stage where you just fuck off to the jungle. You just get your travels ASAP because that hero is so much... More, I mean, ideally, you'd like to dominate the lane so hard that you just get the travels in the laning stage. But if you don't have the travels after the laning stage, you just be as greedy as possible. You don't fight unless the enemy team is diving and you just get the travels because it'll be like a thousand gold max before you get to the travels. So just farm it. Just farm it. And then that way you can do the play style of like sitting in the safe lane and being that kind of global presence that I'm sure you know how to play on Batrider because that's that's the fun part. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you just you need to take some me time. It sounds like I had the same issue where it's like, all right. I'm going to be so much more effective if I have my travels right now than running around as a Boots Batrider, just Boots bottle and like epically trying to lasso people. And it's not going to work. Just get your travels. You're a god once you get travels. So just, just get them. It's like getting a blink on like Sand King or something. Don't fight until you have these items. Yep. That's it. All that's right. All that's the end of the questions. I'm going to take one from chat, um, which is when do you think Slark is a viable mid? Is there any great matchup? melee heroes yeah basically. i was just gonna say it's it's a it's a melee hero dominator at this point in the game so it's like super good against i mean like ember em- ember kunkka pretty good against mag actually yeah it's probably decent against mag void spirit uh, yeah yeah sure yep yeah yeah really good against void spirit actually so yeah storm even potentially in the lady stage would you say or just storm kind of own uh probably an issue that storm can put a remnant yeah, that makes sense. DK, yeah, yeah, DK, definitely DK. DK. Yeah. Then again, I swear to God, every time I say that a hero like should own DK, I watch it in a pro match, and then DK owns because he's just right. so goddamn tanky. But I don't yeah. know. Uh, it does sound pretty good against DK. Slark will definitely farm. Slark will do fine. Yep. D- DKs just have a habit of like winning the lane slightly somehow, always, even against like co-ops and stuff. Well, actually, that is a counter to co-op. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, well, thank you for watching. This has been Alchemy Answers episode 63. Thank you, as always, to our patrons for supporting the channel. Um, Patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy if you want to become a patron and ask us questions every single week. We will see you next time. See you guys.